Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin. I'm so happy that you're here. Check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. We do have a special for new students. If you want to try practicing on our live stream yoga classes, you can do so for two weeks free, unlimited. Uh, give it a try. Go to nativeyogacenter.com. Thank you. Let's begin. For those of you that are new to listening, welcome. For those of you that are returning, I'm really excited for you guys to meet my friend Nona Chang. I had a chance to meet both Nona and her husband. Tamara and I got a chance to meet them around 2004, practicing in Mysore in India, and had a great connection with these guys. And Nona lives in California. She's a yoga teacher. You can find her on her website, nonachang.com. It's spelled N-O-N-A-C-H-I-A-N-G. Com. And she teaches for Yoga Works, and she also teaches classes via live stream in a smaller group setting. She has a workshop coming up in April 10th, 2021, where you can learn inversion work with her. I highly recommend you check her out. Check out the photo that I post with this podcast as well from when we went on a hike in India uh, some 16 years ago. <laughs> I just got done looking at the picture then cracking up thinking, well, things do change. Uh, <laughs> anywho, thanks so much and let's get started. Nona, I'm so happy to have you here. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited for everyone to get a chance to meet you. We first had a chance to meet each other in India. I want to say it was like 2004. So a good... 16, 17 years ago. Yes. And it's been a while since we've had a chance to reconnect. Um, how are, how are you doing? How are things going for you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing well. My, uh, my family and I have been home now for 11 months. Oh yeah. <laughs> my, my kids are doing, you know, distance learning, but, um, we're doing really well, you know, all things considered. And you're in California. Mm-hmm, yes, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. And how old, do you mind me asking, how old, how old are your kids now? <laughs> I ha- yeah, I have two boys. One of them's eight and the other one's 11. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. Remember the days prior to having children traveling around the world, um, but would you trade it? Oh no. Never, right? <laughs> no. It's the no. best thing ever. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. We we um, didn't have kids till after that as well, and and we look back and think, wow, that was. I'm so happy that we we got out and traveled, and and now it's so wonderful to to have a family. Mm-hmm. So, how are you doing with homeschooling? Um, we're doing well. My um, my kids' schools, um, uh, they go to LAUSD, you know, which is one of the largest public school systems in the country. Yeah, and um, the schools shut down um, uh, last March, uh, March 13th, it was, Friday the 13th, um, was the last day that they went to in-person school. Wow. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, right? I know. It's like you have to pause for a moment to take in the gravity of that situation. Are you... Yeah. I mean, yeah, please. Yeah. So... You know, at the time when they closed, obviously, you know, nobody knew that we were going to be sitting here in February and still doing the same thing. 
Yeah. So originally when the schools had closed, it was just, you know, for two weeks. Yeah. And then we were like, you know, if they had gone back, it was only a week out from spring break. So then, of course, everybody's like, okay, well, we're just, we know that it's going to be extended that extra week so they can be out for four weeks. So then we were like, you know, we braced ourselves for that. And then, of course, that time passed. And then it was like, okay, well, since there's only however many weeks, you know, six weeks left in the school year, we'll just do the rest of the school year online. Yeah. And we were, you know, okay yeah. with that. And then, yeah. of course, there's the summer. There's no summer camp. Um, you know, nothing in L.A. I don't know. Your situation is probably a little bit different. Um, uh, just, you know, living in a different state. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've been pretty in L.A. here, Southern California. We've been on pretty strict. Uh, we don't really call it a lockdown. They call it like stay at home yeah. orders. And yeah. there's just been different, you know, iterations and, um, you know, the, the ebb and flow of all of that. But, you know, then school you know, started online in the fall. I was like, oh, maybe we'll go back in January. It just kept, you know, keeps getting pushed. And I'm a total skeptic. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll believe it when I, when I actually <laughs> drop my kids <laughs> off at school one day. Um, but, I mean, it's really looking like probably the rest of the year they'll just be home because, yeah. you know, spring break is coming up. And then after that, it's, you know, such a short time. So uh, my, my older one actually graduated from elementary school. Mm. And went and started middle school. So he goes to a new school where he's never been. Yes, I hear you. Uh, w- right now, if L.A. were to open school tomorrow, w- w- where do you sit in terms of I would send him back, I would wait, I'm in the middle? Where, how do you feel about that? You know what? It's really hard to say. Um, and I think one of the things you know that I myself have learned in the past year is like not to deal on hypothetical <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, you, you don't, we don't know, yeah. you know? So, I mean, if they were to tell me, you know, tomorrow the schools are opening up, like, honestly, I, I wouldn't send my kids because I know that the district hasn't, you know, done the things it needs to do to create a safe environment for kids and teachers to be there. Yeah. So, you know, I hear you. But that's not to say that in a week or a month or, you know, in hopefully by, we start in August, we start in the middle of August, hopefully by, you know, then that things will be, you know, sort of sorted and more people will be vaccinated and all of that. But, you know, it's just so hard to say. We're just taking it day by day, you know, week by week, little by little. And, you know, thank goodness my husband and I are both um, still employed, although, you know, less employed than we used to be. um, And we're able to be here, you know, with them. That's all. I, I hear you. That's a huge thing, right? Could you imagine if, <clears throat> I don't know how it would work if you don't have the ability to be with them. I mean, obviously, like- People wh- do it. Yeah. What, what are some people doing in terms of like, are they going off to work and then the kids are staying home by themselves or do they have like a nanny or somebody come or somebody? Yeah. I think depending on the age of the kids, some kids are home alone, maybe at a younger age than normally they would have been. Yes. Um, or they have an older sibling or a cousin or, you know, a grandparent. I mean, you know, the, the older you are, the less familiar you are with technology. Yeah. Um, but just to have somebody there, you know, like, I mean, but there's, you know, especially in the beginning, there are all kinds of technology problems that like, you know, I consider myself reasonably um, savvy mm-hmm. and, you know, you can't solve some problems and you just have to, you know, throw up your hands and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of things have ironed them out. My, my kids' teachers are like so incredibly, 
amazing and so prepared for all of this. Yes. And that's the one, I mean, that's really the one, I don't, there's lots of positive things actually about it, but that's like just so incredible because they had the time over, like, like you know, the spring was kind of like a cobbled together and not great for anybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, LAUSD teachers had the time over the summer, you know, to imagine and to plan what is it going to look like? when we start in the fall, you know, we had this little trial run in the spring and now like, let's make the best situation that we can. And I know that that's not true, you know, across the board, but the schools and the teachers that my kids happen to have just have gone above and beyond to make everybody have the best possible experience. Um, You know, especially my, my younger one's eight, you know, when he started school, he was, when he started third grade, he was only seven because he has a very late August birthday. Mm. So he's like the youngest in his class, you know, and like yep. a seven-year-old, like yep. online, like, oh my gosh. And there's five-year-olds who are doing it. <laughs> I know. I know. Our, I mean, your daughter, how old is your youngest daughter? Uh, Priya's seven now. And, and so, oh, yes, when, uh-huh, when, when last year, when, when she stayed home in March or when that all switched over, um, it was, it was challenging. Tamara really held down the fort and she was there every day sitting beside her and, and helping, but it was definitely a challenging, um, you know, the, just the, to stay focused and to stay sitting in front of the computer for that long and to, mm-hmm. and there really wasn't that, I mean, there, there is an online program here in Florida in terms of like the Florida virtual school, but you know, obviously, or our school system wasn't able to implement or, or use that system. So it was a lot of, like you said, trial and error and teachers just kind of figuring it out on the fly and, so I, I feel like there's been a lot of improvements. And uh, for us, when the option to go back into school came up, it was nerve wracking. I have to say it was like, you know, you had a little bit of all these different emotions and feelings that both we gave our kids the option and asked them, what do you want to do? And they both said, we want to go back. And uh, interestingly enough or amazingly enough, it's gone really, really well. So they uh, went back when in the fall? They went back, oh my gosh, we're uh, February now. I want to say reopened in, we had summer break and then it was online at the beginning. So we'll, we start back in August, June, July, August. Yep. And then, so I want to say they were back like end of August, September. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. And they've been going consistently ever since. Yep. Yeah, they wear masks. Yeah, like there's a mask. Wow, they wear masks. Incredible. They they wear masks all day. Uh, The the what's starting to shift is that the the real challenge. I mean, I I I can't wait to actually talk about what you're doing too, as far as your teaching, because I think it all probably joins together in terms of online. But for for these guys, then everyone has a laptop. Everybody was at home, and the teacher was at home by themselves. But then once the kids get, went back in, they gave them an option. So it was like, you can either come mm. in or you can stay home. So then the teacher had to teach to the computer, and then the kids are in the classroom mm. with the computer as well. So it's like they're in virtual, but they're in class at the same time. And that's worked, but that's hard for the teachers, as you can imagine. Really hard. Right? Yeah, because you're catering to two different mediums at the same time. So what they're going to switch to, then we had like a two-part re-phasing back in where now they said, okay, part two is if, if you if you are going to come back in, you'll go with your original teacher. But if you choose to not 
come back in. We're going to assign a new teacher that's going to just do virtual while the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And I think that'll be smart. And, and I noticed that even teaching yoga, we're able to teach people in the room and online at the same time, but it's, it's, um, and it works, but I just think school teaching is a little different. You oh, know, for tr- sure. I mean, they've got the yeah, books yeah. and the, yeah, having assignments and all of that. Yeah. But how many, how many, um, what percentage of kids would you say returned to school in person when it was an option? I asked a friend that's in the school board or school district, and I think the average number, I don't have the exact, but it was around about a third. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And is it still about that, or are I, more people I think, going back? I think it's around about up to two thirds now. Back oh, in. wow. That's yeah. so interesting. It's, I, you know, then, like we live on opposite ends of the country. And these are like really <laughs> yeah, like opposite, you know, these, but these are opposite, you know, yeah. approaches that, yeah. that they're taking. And it's like, you know, who's to say what is the right I way know. and what's not the right way. And everybody just has to, you know, make their, it's like anything. Families have to make their own assessment yeah. and just, you know, decide like what is, yeah. What is appropriate for you? I mean, there are some schools, private schools and Catholic schools mm-hmm. that have waivers that have opened. Um, like I'd say maybe since, you know, maybe November or January, I can't, you know, don't quote me on that. Yep. But, you know, there are a few schools that are open because they have the um, funding and the um, support of parents and teachers to want to reopen for a very small number of kids. Yep. Um, you know, which brings up a whole nother, you know, I know there's, it just opens a whole nother, you know, Pandora's uh, box yes. of, of, you know, we don't have time on this podcast to go into that. <laughs> 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 that's another, that's a, a separate, that's um, part separate two. Topic. But, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting by my, you know, like, like you were saying, Tamara had been sitting with your younger one, you know, at the beginning. I mean, I sat with, with my younger one, Eddie for months, yeah. months yeah. next to him. And, you know, supporting him and he's was very, um, it's very hard for children of a young age to be in front of a screen yep. and, you know, you're on all the time and a, a kid like he is with his personality and his temperament, he doesn't want to be in the front of the classroom. He's not the one raising his hand and calling attention to himself. Right. And, you know, you have to call on him, you have to draw him out. And, you know, it's hard for a teacher to do that or even to notice that on Zoom. Yep. Um, so little by little, he started participating more. He answers questions when he's called on. He's even started volunteering. Nice. And I'd say, like, since, like, just before Christmas, um, so just before the winter break, like sometime in, you know, late November, early December, I just noticed, oh, I can just check on him. I don't have to sit next to him. I can walk yeah. away. I can load the dishwasher, <laughs> you know, and then go back and see what he needs and just make sure he's not getting yep. frustrated. Yeah. You know, um, you know, cause we had situations in the spring and early in the fall where he was, you know, so upset and frustrated that he'd like lie on the floor and kick his feet and cry, you yep. know, cause he's seven yep. years old. Like he doesn't understand. He doesn't know how to oh, navigate. We, and we this, don't want that. I, you know? I, I agree. No, no, we had a similar on, under the table, Pillow yeah. over the head, kicking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 Oh, man. But things change. Things yes. change. Everybody's, yep. you know, yep. all of us, we're adaptable. We're yep. resilient. And it's like little by little and just getting more comfortable. And the teachers, you know, getting to know the kids better. And um, it's just, it's gone really well. And thank goodness that I can, you know, teach from home. So, you know, there will be times when my kids are in classes and I'm teaching, you know, in 
you know, in the house and it's like people have to be sort of quiet and not slam doors and you know, <laughs> they can't come and ask a question. But fortunately, my husband has been mostly working from home also. So he's available, although recently he started having to go in a couple of days a week. So, you know, we're just tag teaming it, and yeah. just, you know, making the best yeah. of it. That's, that's all we can do. And thank goodness everybody in my household is healthy and, you know, safe. And, you know, here we are. We've made it like almost a whole year. I hear you, Nona. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your optimism and, and uh, like you said, being adaptable and ready to take on a challenge and just go for it. I think that's the absolute necessity. It's how we, yeah. It's how I we mean, got, I know, yeah. you know, none of us could have ever imagined this last February, <laughs> no. you know, and, um, Which, you know, I had a yeah. pretty, I had a pretty full teaching schedule. I mean, I used to teach, um, like somewhere between 10 and 12 public classes a week. And you were at, then, you were at yoga works, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I'm sure I don't, well, I don't want to assume that everyone listening is aware, but yoga works is or was a large, um, there's a lot of yoga work studios across the country, correct? Yes, there were. <laughs> and um, can you, can you give yeah, us a little so, insight into what's evolved in, in the yoga works world? Yeah. So, well, so yoga works was started, um, many years ago. I'd have to look it up. I don't want to get the date wrong. Yeah. Um, but like late, probably late eighties, early nineties, um, by Mati Israti, and she was really a visionary. There weren't, a, you know, yoga studios back then that um, had teachers from different disciplines. Mm. Um, so she brought, you know, Ashtanga, Iyengar, um, Vini Yoga, all, you know, a large assortment of teachers, you know, together. So it was a very small, um, she and her husband, Chuck Miller, um, both, you know, well-known Ashtanga teachers, um, created two small studios in Santa Monica, California, and then, you know, grew over time, um, to include other studios locally in, in, uh, you know, on the, mostly on the West side of Los Angeles, Mm. um, and eventually were bought and then the, you know, grew more and, you know, took over some other smaller studios, et cetera. I don't want to go into the whole history, but yeah. anyway, it became yeah. a big, became a big company yeah. um, with studios in New York, Southern California, Northern California. I mean, just, you know, all spread all over um, the country. Yeah. And then with the, um, with the pandemic and the stay at home orders here um, in Los Angeles, which is, you know, the area that I'm, you know, the group of studios that I'm most familiar with. Yeah. Um, think it was shortly after so like you know march 13th was like rd day where everything we, we got the news that schools were going to be closed yeah um and then i think the following week um yoga works decided to you know stop teaching in-person classes in the los angeles you know area yes and um you know we thought that it was just temporary just like with the kids schools we just thought okay it's just a few weeks couple months you know and then you know time stretches on and, um, by sometime in the middle of last year, um, yoga works decided to permanently close all of its physical locations. And now wow. it's just an online, um, online school, um, that offers classes and also teacher training. Gotcha. Um, so I'm really, really fortunate that, um, early on I was asked to teach. Here's a garbage truck now. <laughs> you had warm in the garbage. <laughs> <room>. <laughs> Okay. 
sorry, you're right. You, you, you had warned me. Stay in my neighborhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard it. I did hear that. <laughs> It doesn't help that I was sitting at, um, by my front window. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it makes it it makes it more interesting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so they you know made the heartbreaking decision to permanently close all of their studios um, throughout the country, actually. And um, I was asked um, sometime in late March to start teaching um, online classes for them. Nice. Well, let me restate that. I was asked to teach an online class and I was like, Oh my gosh, no. Like, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. I've never heard of <laughs> zoom, you know, like, like, you know, I just don't know how to do that. And, um, I was encouraged to do it once. I did it twice. I did it again. And then eventually the classes that, um, I was teaching became, you know, I'll put in quotes here, my permanent classes. Right. So now I teach for them, um, Monday, Wednesday, I teach at 8.30 Pacific time for them. And then I also teach on Fridays at 3.30 p.m. Pacific. And um, I teach, my, my kind of sweet spot of teaching are like level one, two classes. Mm. So like beginner slash intermediate um, is really my favorite thing to teach. Because I like to teach with a lot of um, detail. Yeah. And I, you know try to use props when I teach to make the poses more accessible. Nice. Obviously in the situation that we're in, not everybody has, you know, props at home, which is fine. So I give, you know, put your hand on the block or put your forearm on the side. I give ways to make the poses accessible anyway. Nice. Um, but it's been a really, really good experience. And I really, you know, people who've known me for a long time know that I'm not um, the type of person really to put myself out there like that. You know, like I'm, I'm not, great I, I wasn't on instagram before for example my website was outdated right yep, like yeah heavily into marketing myself what i enjoy doing is teaching and so i would show up and i would teach <laughs> right um and then also you know raise i'm raising my family um yep. but i you know the pandemic really forced me to step out of my comfort zone and to you know update my website and to get on Venmo and to, you know, get on Zoom and figure out like how to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's been really, really good because um, without that, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have done that. Um, so, it, you know, it forced me to, to develop um, just because of circumstances. I agree, Nona. It has been like one of the real positive elements of the pandemic is the 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 challenge of it and then that feeling of once you start to get a little bit of momentum that oh my gosh I can do this mm -hmm, it's right. exciting I hear yeah. you that that first time though you stand in front of a camera you can't really see anybody mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. just teaching to all these different imaginary body yeah. uh, sizes and well, elbow elbow forearm lengths and yeah. their hamstrings tight or loose and you don't know and you're like who am I teaching mm -hmm. to and it's um but but you're right it's 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 a good it's a good growing experience I mean here's the thing Todd is when we first started doing it um, through yoga work it was a one-way system mm. so I was teaching and demonstrating and I demonstrate much more now yes. online than I ever <laughs> would demonstrate when I was in, in studio. Yep. Um, and not all teachers do that. Some teachers really don't demonstrate at all, which, you know, if that works for them, that's wonderful. But for me, when I do that with the level of students that I teach, 
if I'm not demonstrating something, people will just stare at their screen. Yeah. So that's not effective. Not really. For me. Yeah. Um, but originally when we first started doing it, it was just one way. So I was literally teaching to a screen. I couldn't see anybody. Yeah. Um, and then as the you know technology and, and the format and everything was further developed, then we were doing two-way. Actually, one of the reasons I started teaching, I also teach a couple of my own classes. Um, you know, that anybody's welcome to sign up for. Um, I teach on Thursday and on Sunday um, just for myself. And one of the reasons I started doing that is because of the limitation of only just being one way where people could see me, but I couldn't see them. So, you know, through the yoga works technology that they had set up. So when I was doing my own on Zoom, I was always two way because I wanted to see people. Yeah. You know, first of all, yep. for that connection, right? Like, yep. because the people who originally started coming to my classes are, you know, were longtime students. So it's like, you know, seeing old friends. Yep, totally. Um, so to be able to see people and make that connection, but also to be able to see people, to give them feedback and support and, you know, corrections on their um, postures. Um, so yoga works since switched. So now we, it is a two-way kind of system. Um, so I am able to see people, but you're absolutely right. Just with the camera angle and different things, you know, there's a lot more that we can see, um, actually than what we could see in person, if that makes sense, yeah, right? You can yeah. see like intimate details of somebody's elbow or ankle or foot, <laughs> but yeah. just globally, sometimes depending on how they have their camera positioned, it's challenging to see them. Yeah. That's a good point. What, what, um, what is it like in California for mom and pop yoga studios? What's the, what's going on with that? Um, sorry, Todd, say that again. I had a kid whispering in my ear. No worries. <laughs> no problem at all. What is the, so I, I like yoga works was a, a big operation and, and there was multiple classes all happening at the same time. I know one thing that seemed like kind of pre pandemic was that some of the, mom and pop yoga studios were looking at some of the corporate models and almost, you know, fingers crossing that they weren't going to come into their town or city. Cause you know, it makes it more challenging. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure exactly what your overall take on like what the small independent studio, if that was thriving or not in California prior to all of this, but what's happening with some of the mom and pop shops, are they all, closed are some of them able to hold classes <laughs> every, you, no every everything here is closed wow um really yeah. there's you know i i don't know of any studios in the los angeles area yeah. that are open and i actually don't think it's you know legal to be open because we're still in a stay at home order yeah um and i mean i have a a student, I, I teach teacher training through yoga work too, and I'm a mentor through the 300 hour program, the advanced teacher training. And one of my students is in Hawaii, and she actually is able to teach in person. Mm -hmm. um, but I think mm -hmm. it's a limit of five people in the room. Yep. And she's, she's one body. Yeah. So she can teach a maximum of four students. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, just everything, everything is, is closed. And I honestly just don't know how or when things are going to be able to open and come back. And, you know, it's just been devastating. The whole pandemic has been devastating for oh. small businesses across the board. My sister's a small business owner in New York City. Yeah. And it's just so incredibly difficult. You know, you still have to pay rent. You still have your, I mean, I don't have to tell you this. You know yeah. all this because you're a small business owner. Yeah. Um, no, but, but I appreciate, really I appreciate hearing it because I feel like that's, 
to, to kind of hear what's really going on for people on the ground level is important. It's really difficult. And, you know, other, I think other people who've been on your podcast have said this too. Um, but you know, some studios that have closed, you know, probably will not reopen. Yeah. yeah. And it's really hard to swallow. I mean, so many yoga teachers have lost their livelihoods or had their, their, you know, their income significantly reduced yeah. or, you know, perhaps eliminated because of this pandemic. I mean, you know, hundreds, thousands of people have lost their jobs as yoga teachers. Yep. And those, those jobs, you don't just snap your fingers and they come back right away. I mean, it's the same thing you were asking me about the schools. Yep. You know, even if studios are open, even if teachers are willing to teach, are students willing to come into the classroom or is it going to still into the studio or is it going to be similar to what you described with your kids schooling where, you know, some people are in the studio. I know native yoga was doing that. Some are in the studio, some are home streaming the same class. Yeah. Yep. Right. And yep. that's, that's also, you know, challenging. And then like, you know, with the whole physical, you know, distancing, um, in the, in the studios, are people still going to need to be six feet apart? Like, how is that all going to work? And again, these are all hypothetical. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, just to be able to keep our eyes open and to respond, um, based on what's possible, you know, what's legally possible in terms of if there's, you know, specific, you know, public safety, um, orders and things which prevent you from actually opening. I mean, you guys, yeah. can you guys actually be open your physical studio? Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is like what you said earlier regarding, uh, California and Florida. There's such a, a different approach. Uh, and we were forced to be closed from around about March 17th. And I think that we reopened, we were able to reopen April, May 19th, May 19th. And so, um, that was just a two month. I mean, that was a long two months, but uh, that's why I'm f hearing what you're saying and, and realizing the gravity of, the situation and in terms of it still being closed. Cause we've, we've had, I had, we're allowed to be open. And interestingly enough, no, no, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people will just either be appalled and, or will cheer. And I don't know exactly what the answer is here either, but in Florida, um, we're allowed to be open at full capacity. Wow. Full capacity. Now we don't personally feel comfortable with that. So we've kept our class sizes limited to nine and six feet apart, you know, and no assists. And, you know, you wear a mask when you come in. You don't have to wear it while you're practicing. You can if you want. But in, in like, I know this is going to probably wig you out a little bit, but if you were to drive down to the restaurant uh, by the inlet tonight, the restaurant fully packed. Wow. Fully packed. Like, so yeah, here, here you can't do here. You can't do indoor dining. Yeah. And we, we have had a back and forth thing. Excuse me. We had a back and forth thing on the outdoor dining where, you know, there was outdoor dining, then you couldn't do it. I think now you can do it, you know, so things are just changing. Um, uh, yeah, but nobody's had, I mean, to my knowledge, you know, I mean, I personally haven't been with my family indoor dining 
you know, since before March 13th yep. uh, of last year. <laughs> I, I, and we're, I, gonna have to, we're gonna have to start qualifying when we say March 13th. It's gonna have to be like 2020 March 13th. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Uh, I, I hear you. I mean, and there's this element too where when we reopened, I had this thought of like, wow, people have been locked down for so long, or, or they've been home that they're gonna be so excited to come in. But the reality is, is that there's a lot of mixed feeling about that. It's not just a straight issue answer where mm-hmm. it's like oh cool now the laws are saying that we can do this that doesn't mean that everyone all of a sudden is going oh that feels good or oh that makes right. sense so um i what i am noticing though is that there are and, and our our classes are still relatively quiet so i'm not getting nine people in every class uh but mm. um people are getting vaccinated and going i had my second vaccination and i'm ready to oh, wow. come back in yep so I I, yeah. I guess that gives me some glimmer of hope that mm-hmm. maybe it's going to take till October, November. Oh my gosh. But that people are going to start to feel that they don't need to worry. Mhm. Yeah. I mean for me, for me in terms of going back and teaching in person, mm-hmm. um you know, it's tied to my kids schooling. Yeah, that's so a good point. schools are not open, I'm, you know, I can't, for me, other people, you know, everybody, again, has yeah. to make their own risk yeah. assessment and do what's right for them. But yeah. I don't feel comfortable leaving my kids at home. You know, I used to leave my Monday, Wednesday, Friday were my big teaching days. Yeah. And I'd leave my house at 9 a.m. and I'd get back at 5 p.m. I would teach three classes for three different yoga work studios, you know, all over L.A. So like teach, drive, teach, drive, teach, drive home. Yeah. Um, and that took, you know, my whole day and I would not feel, con- I'm not saying that that's available to me now, but if it were, yeah. um, if there were studios to teach that, I couldn't actually do that because my kids can't be home alone from nine to five. I hear you um, my older one maybe could be, but you know, you think, oh, well the older one and the little one, but then, you know, there can be argument. Like you just don't know exactly what's going to happen. So I don't feel safe with that. Um, so, you know, and for a lot of parents, it's like that. Parents, you know, it's hard to be able to envision going back to work if there's nobody who's going to watch your kid. I think that's a great um, point. You know. One of the the big factors here is is schools. It, a, a lot of our as as parents, our whole lives revolve around our kids, and mm-hmm. until schooling gets worked out, I think that's the first thing that has to happen. And then everything else can start to kind of follow in place after that. But you're mm-hmm. right. If all of a sudden businesses all say, okay, let's go, but schools say no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't think that's practical for most people. I mean, I, I have witnessed or noticed here that it is kind of a, just a gradual, like this comes, that comes little by little. So I guess I don't really think that's something that's necessarily, um, I think that'll just kind of fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's all, it's all going to be a gradual process and we just have to be, you know, open and, you know, go step by step. And again, just do what's within our own comfort level. I mean, honestly, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm sure that others have said this, like maybe even on your podcast um, before, but Mm. it's really like, you know, the vinyasa of life. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we know that the term vinyasa doesn't mean, you know, chaturanga, up dog, down dog, right? The vinyasa mm-hmm. is a, a, 
way to get from point A to point B, right? A gradual progression, a step-by-step progression. And that's what our lives are too, you know? And, you know, politicians have said, oh, there's no light switch where you just turn it on and you turn it off. But that's true. Yeah, you know, so yep. it's like when if schools open here, when schools open here, um, you know, it's possible that it might not be five days a week. Maybe they'll have two different groups. Yeah, yep. so some kids will go two days Tuesday thir- or you know, maybe some kids will go Tuesday Thursday, some kids will go Monday Wednesday, and Fridays like professional development for teachers, or you know, everybody's at home Friday or whatever it is. So it's going to be gradual, and also with yoga studios opening. Yeah. You know, how is that going to happen? I mean, Yoga Works doesn't have any studios now. So how is that going to happen? You know, and some teachers have, you know, talked about, you know, getting together and forming like a collective mm. and, you know, opening at, at a, you know, location that is, you know, friendly to yoga. Um, but that's a whole, you know, business model that needs to be um, developed and explored and somebody has to take the um initiative and also the, you know, financial and legal responsibility for a business like that. Yeah. That's so good. it's very, it's very hard to say. It is. It's really almost like I, I, I haven't met anybody yet that has the crystal ball. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I, I keep asking. Unfortunately, you're telling me you don't have one either. I was hoping you were going to be the one, Nona. <laughs> no, sorry to say, just, you know, step by step. It's like, right. you know, Thank good, like thank goodness, we're we're still here. Yeah, I mean, you know, so many people have um, gotten sick, and you know, some died from you know coronavirus, and yeah. so that hasn't you know the, my, my myself, my husband, my two kids were here, we're healthy, we have thank goodness a roof over our heads, we're employed, you know, mostly employed. And, you know, we have electricity, we have Wi-Fi, we have running water. It's like these are the things that, you know, hopefully, you know, a lot of us have learned to be grateful for that we sort of took for granted in the past. Yes. Um, and, you know, as um, restrictive as it might seem, the, you know, I'm going to just call it stay at home order because it just sounds more friendly yeah, than I, lockdown. I know. <laughs> um, that's what we call it in L.A. anyway. Yes. Uh, Um, but you know, as restrictive as the stay at home orders might seem, we actually have so many great freedoms, right? It's like, I go for a walk every day and I never, I I hadn't done that before. I would go to the gym and I would climb hills on a treadmill, right? And so now instead I walk in my neighborhood and there's plenty of hills and there's public staircases and I get my workout. I get a little time actually out of my house and away from my family Right. And sometimes I'll, you know, talk on the phone, but sometimes I'll just walk quietly like a, you know, walking meditation. And, um, that's, you know, that's amazing that I can go and enjoy the sun and feel the wind on my face. Um, and you know, we can connect with each other by, you know, practicing yoga and teaching yoga online, you know, or connect with family across the country. And, you know, we, I still go to the grocery store. I've, I've spaced out my my trips to the store instead of going once a week, I'll go every nine or 10 days. Yeah. Um, you know, just so that there's less um, chance of exposure, but it's like, I can go to the grocery store and I can pick up my own, pick out my own fruits and vegetables and my own food. 
you know, and these are, this is, a, this is actually like a luxury, you know, like I tell my kids sometimes, it's like we're living in the lap of luxury. I mean, we're not rich, <laughs> um, but we're, we're leading a pretty good life. We have it pretty good, you know, all things considered. That's a really good point. I'm, I'm currently reading a book called The Broken Ladder, which audible.com gives away for free if anyone has an Audible membership that they, they're making it a free um download but it's really interesting in relation to our perception of wealth and what truly is wealth and and then like what you're mentioning too our ability to take things either for granted or to be appreciative of of what we do have and there's a this is really in the, the in a nutshell this is it like this is this is what it's all about, don't you think? Because I mean, you're right. If you 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 can frame everything from the perspective of, oh gosh, you know, I only get to go to the grocery store every nine days, or, or it can be I'm I get to go to the grocery store and I have fresh food. Uh, my belly's not I'm not hungry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like so, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is critical. Think this is a critical skill. I think that's important right now. For sure. I wanted to yeah, ask you to be, to be grateful for what we have, right? Instead yeah. of focusing on what we, I tell my kids this too, instead of focusing on what we don't have or what we can't have to appreciate what we do have because we have, you know, so much. What, how, what have you, what have been your thoughts about your experience traveling through India that we had the, that was so fun to get a chance to meet you there in Mysore and what an awesome experience. Oh my gosh, that was so great. Um, you know, now in terms of, I, I was speaking with Matthew Sweeney on a podcast and he had gotten stuck over in India and when the pandemic hit, oh. and I was like, Oh my gosh, that sounds pretty challenging. He's like, yeah, it, it was, you know, like, cause he had to go to the, the consulate in New Delhi and try to get passports worked out. And, um, you know, what's, what's something that you've noticed in juxtaposition to American yoga life and India yoga life? Well, honestly, I wouldn't mind being stuck in India, I don't think. <laughs> but I, I say that, yeah, I say that I hear, yeah. sitting comfortably on my couch in my living room, you know, with my, with my heater on, you know, it's like, you know, in the sun shining. Um, well, it was just amazing to, you know, to have the chance to go to India. Yeah. Um, I had practiced Ashtanga um, for several years um, before I went. Can I, and and, I, can I can I ask you real quick? Did you did you study with Maddie Esradi? Um, I did, I did. So when I I moved to Los Angeles in December 1998, mm. and I knew actually before I moved here that I wanted to study at Yoga Works, um, which had been you know featured on the pages of Yoga Journal, right? Yep, that yep. popular yoga magazine. Yeah. And I was like, that's the place for me. That's where I'm going to go. Nice. So I moved here, and I'm telling you within a few days or a week of, of being here, I was at the studio practicing. And I had first started doing yoga um, as a teenager in New York. My godmother, Angela, um, used to bring me to um, David Life and Sharon Gannon's uh, oh, cool. yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't go, I wasn't like a super regular practitioner. I would go with her, you know, occasionally. Yeah. Um, but that was my introduction. And I knew that I wanted to, um, I had been a dancer in my younger days. And I knew that I wanted to have a, a very regular yoga practice. So I started practicing at Yoga Works with an amazing woman named Natasha Rosopoulos. And she's in, she taught for Yoga Works for a long time. She lives in Boston now. 
And um, then I transitioned into an Ashtanga yoga practice with Chuck. And I worked at the studio at the front desk, you know, checking in students and sweeping the floors in between classes and, you know, organizing props, all that stuff that I'm sure you're very familiar with. (laughs) Um, The fun stuff, yeah. I I was paid to do that. Um, It was one of my part-time jobs, but it was also kind of a favor, right? So giving back to my community and um, just an amazing time in my life. I was in my my mid-20s, but I have to say I really think I grew up um, at YogaWorks or in the YogaWorks kind of system. That's cool. Um, the YogaWorks method. Yeah. And I ended up doing my teacher training with Mati and also a senior Iyengar teacher named Lisa Walford. And one of the cool things about the pandemic is that um, Lisa's currently, um, she was in Santa Monica for you know decades. She's currently living in Oregon, but she teaches for YogaWorks. Oh, cool. So I'm able to practice with her. And, you know, regularly, I take her class every Friday for, you know, almost a year going on now. Um, And I hadn't been able to practice with her for many years prior because to get from my house, which is on the east side of Los Angeles, over to Santa Monica during the time that she would teach, she she would teach at 9 a.m., um, would take me like two hours to get there because of traffic. You know, nowadays there's less traffic, so I could get there faster. But, you know, how convenient that I'm in my living room. And I'm able to practice with her, you That's know, cool. one of my longtime teachers. So it's amazing. That's so I did point. my teacher training with the two of them. Um, and um, I don't know if that was before or after I went to India, probably beforehand. Um, but anyway, so, you know, circumstances being what they were, I ended up in in uh, in India. I actually had a grant, a travel grant that, that um, funded my way there. Again, also incredible. Um, right. And my husband um, wanted to come with me, and he had done yoga before, but not Ashtanga. So he started practicing in the months prior to our departure with with Chuck. Uh-huh. Um, and I practiced I practiced with Chuck, you know, five days a week, Monday through Friday, for for several years um, before I went. And um, going to India was just amazing. I would love to go back. I thought actually that I would go back, you know a year or two years after I had gone the first time. And, yeah. you know, of course life takes its course and I haven't been back, but I very distinctly remember, I don't remember meeting you and Tamar for the first time, but I do remember that trip that we took to the jungle. We went <laughs> yeah. like on a weekend excursion where we tracked elephant poop for like hours, hoping to see elephants. Do you remember that? I do. And I actually yeah. remember being kind of nervous that what's going to happen when we do find an elephant, because you kind of hear those <laughs> stories of them like turning on you and like charging. And so I remember like we were following that guide around just like, yeah, walking, seeing elephant poop being like, maybe we're going to see one here in a minute. But thinking I, I, when we, when we didn't see one, I was like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> But that was awesome. I actually, I actually have a picture of the four of us. Um, my husband, Bob, you, Tamara, myself. I have a picture. I'll have to send you. It's, you know, awesome. obviously back then we didn't have, you know, iPhones. Um, so I'll have to take a picture of the photo and I'll send it to you. And I have it in my, my office. That's cool. Send it to um, me when I when I uh, release this podcast. I'll put the picture with it so the listeners can, can see it. We'll get a good laugh. Yeah, we were all very young and skinny. <laughs> yeah. and wearing and wearing very strange clothing we I, had to we had to wear like camouflage you know do you remember right. that they asked that's us right. to wear like tan and brown and green and not all of us had so we were like switching clothes 
I know. It's, oh, I remember the guide kind of making me nervous. Like he was like, you know, if you do see one, like make sure you don't do anything too sudden because they'll, they'll they might charge us. So I, I remember, you know, yeah, put camo on because in case we have to jump into the bushes, we'll <laughs> we'll be safe. But I, I also have a great memory of uh, practicing next to Bob and trying kukutasana, which is where you put your legs in lotus and you try to slide mm-hmm. your arms through the lotus. And, and both him and I looking at each other like, you know, what? <laughs> like, how, how are our arms going to get through? And I think one day he brought coconut oil in and, you know, we oh, lathered, yeah. lathered our forearms up with coconut <laughs> oil. <laughs> and then afterward, you know, you're like slipping and sliding all over the place going, maybe that wasn't the best idea after all. <laughs> at least, at least I got my thumb through my lotus, you know, or I got my hand in there. But, um, yeah, that, that was some good times for sure. <laughs> wow. I wasn't aware of that story, but I can totally picture it. <laughs> That's cool, Nana. Well, I I'm curious, you know, moving forward, and you're obviously able to teach on Zoom now, and you have your classes. And um, I just want to remind everybody that they can find you on your website at Nona Chang, and your last name is uh, the whole website name is n o n a c h i a n g dot com, and mm-hmm. that. That's cool that you offer classes on your own platform, and then obviously, is like you mentioned, you're 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 teaching for Yoga Works, and that's a way that people can find you there as well. Yeah. Is, is there any? I'm curious before we start to bring our conversation toward a close. Is there any thoughts you've been having lately about what's given you inspiration? Is there something that you you find that it sounds like you get inspiration now from being able to practice with a teacher that you've connected with in the past. And, and like you mentioned, she's in Oregon and you're in California and you guys can, you have that ability. What, what else is coming to mind when you're practicing these days that you find gives you that, that feeling of like, everything's going to be all right. Or I'm feeling pretty good. Today, well, I'll or, just, I'll just say this so that I don't forget at the end in terms of, you know, self-promotion and marketing, please, right. Which please, I'm getting better at. Please. Um, I'm leading, I'm offering a, an inversions workshop in on April 10th. So nice. if anybody wants to sign up for that, you can do that on my website. And the reason I'm doing that, just to tie it all together here, is because I have students who've asked me, you know, to teach inversions more online. Mm. And I haven't taught a lot. I don't know about you, but I haven't taught a lot of inversions online um, because, you know, they can be risky poses. Mm-hmm. and challenging to teach even in person. And so I don't want anybody to get injured practicing yoga because then, you know, we can't practice. Yep. Um, so to be able to practice in a way that is um, safe and not everybody has wall space at home either. Um, so, you know, the wall can be your friend when you're learning to do inversions. Um, so people have been asking me, hey, can we do handstand again? Can we do half handstand? Can you teach shoulder stand? And, you know, depending on the group, um, some of my classes for yoga work tend to be very large. Um, the classes I teach for myself are smaller and a little bit more intimate. Yeah. Um, so if I have a smaller group or if I have a group who has, you know, been paying attention, let's say, and, um, able to receive instructions and go step by step, you know, in the past few weeks, I've started to explore, okay, let's try to do shoulder stand at the wall. And I'm always mindful to give, you know, modifications for people who are not inverting Mm. um, and an alternate pose. 
Um, so started doing that. I've taught um, like half handstand and handstand at the wall. I'm, I'm saying like once or twice each. Yeah. Right. In, yeah. in a whole year of yeah. teaching. But, you know, some pe- for some people, you know, their inversions practice has really gone by the wayside um, because they are challenging to teach online. And, you know, as far as I know, I could be wrong. Um, but from what I know, it's not being done that much. And even when we were in person, you know, some teachers would shy away from teaching inversions. Um, so, you know, I'm inspired to teach those things because my students have asked me for them, if that makes sense. And I'm really just inspired, you know, by my students in general. You know, they have um, great questions or requests um, at the beginning of class or suggestions after class for what to do next time. So I'm always just open to receiving, you know, and offering people what they want. Um, and also mindful of something that Mati um, had instilled in a lot of us, which is, you know, we want to give students what they want, but we also have to give students what they need. So it's like taking your, you know, yoga vitamins um, and doing all of the things that would prepare people to do the inversions, even if you don't actually get to the inversions, right? So yes. building core strength, building upper body strength, opening the chest and shoulders, all of that good stuff is beneficial for us. Whether or not we actually get up into handstand is, you know, kind of beside the point. Yes. Um, but there are people who are at a stage in their practice, you know, where, and I'm, I'm speaking just from um, the mindset of teaching, you know, beginning slash intermediate students, but there are people who, you know, have the inversions in their practice and they want to continue. So to offer that and to give them a chance to explore that and to do that um, online um, so that they can keep their practice up. That's awesome. Now, now you said that's on April 10th? That's on April 10th, yeah. And I, I'm not telling you all of that you know, to, to market my, my workshop. I'm just saying that that is, well, you know, uh, I'm inspired, by, I'm inspired well, <laughs> by my students, right? And so it's like I that's see cool. them or they ask me, and that's really what inspires me. I mean, I want to be a good teacher because I want to be in service to my students and to meet their needs and to have people, you know, live a, a happier, more contented life and to develop greater evenness of mind through all of this, you know, this crazy year that we've been living through. I think that's a really good point. Nona. Well, first, I'm just glad that you mentioned it. I, I want to try to join in. So I'm going to put that on my calendar. I think it'd be really fun to take your class. It's been oh, a, cool. a, yeah. that'd be awesome. And I think you're right because there's this element where we're trying to be safe with everyone. Maybe we don't know if they're ready to do or not. So it's always better to play it on the safe side or it feels that way sometimes, mm-hmm. but there's no reason why as we keep moving forward that if like what you're saying, if you approach it in a way that you get to give all the details, then we can progress our practice. Like I don't think we have to put it on hold. Or say, I'll get, I'll start trying to work on my practice once all this is over. Cause like you said in the beginning, like, you know, two weeks in, you thought, well, this will be over really soon. And, and, and now we're, we're still going here. So, um, Mm -hmm. I hear you. That's cool, Nona. And I, I'm, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know how busy you are. And I know your, your boys are probably saying, thinking like, all right, mom, come, come help me. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) And, and please tell Bob, I said, hello. I, I, I really wish him well. And, um, it's just really great opportunity to reconnect. Tamara had the great idea. I was like, who can I talk to next? And she's like, you got to reach out to Nona. So I'm so glad that she, that she um, pushed me and, and I'm so happy that, that you, uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm honored to be asked and I'm happy to you know speak with you. And one of the things that I got out of listening to some of your other podcasts 
I was just reminded of what a positive um, person you are. Oh, and thanks, um, just really so happy to have met you. And even though, you know, we don't connect regularly, just to know that you're, you know, doing your thing in your own neck of the woods and um, sharing yoga and, and, you know, these podcasts are amazing. So thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate that. No, that means a lot to me. I... Gonna, I'm, I'll stay in touch. Let's do a part two. There was a few times where you said, we'll have to save that for the next part. So let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking, actually, as I was um, sort of um, reviewing um, what we might talk about during this podcast, I was like, oh, I wonder if Todd's ever been interviewed on his podcast. Maybe I should interview him because let's, I have questions for you, too. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm curious. Let's do how, it. Let's yeah, do it for sure. That, okay. would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be asked the hard ones. I want you to ask me the hard, the tough ones. Put me on the spot, make me feel a little <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to uh, push my edge here a little bit and and improve. So I need that. Well, I mean, I just I don't know that much about you know how honest. you know native yoga started and all of that. So I would just love <laughs> to you know love to interview you if you're so willing. All right. Well, I'm gonna shoot you a text after this, and we're gonna set the date. Okay, and I'll send you that picture. All right. Cool, Nona. Have a great one. You too. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Remember, you can check us out at nativeyogacenter.com and wishing you a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.